germs back for another week. Tony Basilio in the house. In the house that Bino and Brian Hartman built last week. Gentlemen, thanks for um, helping me out last week and helping me get a week away. Which was really, uh, uh, which was really, uh, I think a couple days away. Because I'm the most, I don't know, unhealthy person on planet Earth when it comes to this work stuff. But I love doing it, so... But, Pino, thank you for uh, letting me get away on Monday, and I hope you're doing well, brother. Doing well, Tony B. So, glad I was able to do that. Brother so. Beanstar, where, where uh, well, let me throw this at you. Did you, have fun, did you have fun this weekend doing your softball tang? Yeah, we had fun, Tony. We actually won another tournament. So nice. Had win, had win three games yesterday to do it. So Nice. A little worn out today, but... Uh, in Atlanta, get ready to go see the Braves and the Yankees tonight. Bino, am I imagining things, or are we a couple and a half weeks out from the start of college football? Or is it two weeks? Oh, Brian, what's the number? What's the number, Brian? Two weeks? Two and a half weeks? We are less than three weeks away. Yeah, it's nutty. Final 19 season. days. Final season of college football as we know it. The Vols are still going at it. They went at it with uh, they went at it in full pads over the weekend, trying to figure out their offensive line. Opposite Mays, they're trying different combinations, which I guess is a blessing or a curse, depending on how you look at it. But, uh, but you know, I come from the side of the track where, and I'm not trying to speak it into existence, but I come from the side of the track where, when you've got a position group and you haven't had injuries the first couple years of a coach's tenure, and you're paper thin. In, in my opinion, you're sort of walking on eggshells. And so Tennessee is getting the, I guess, it's a necessary evil, the blessing, the curse, depending on how you want to look at it, to try and build some depth, depth right now. What do you mean we hadn't had injuries in the offensive line, Tony? One of them gets hurt after every point after attempt. Yeah, and he's now in your two deep. Might Might end up starting in a certain scenario. Which is the point here? No offense. Yeah, um, it's uh, that that's certainly an area of concern, Tony. We got to have some uh, transfer step up and and some uh, some guys who've been second, third team step up. So we'll we'll see if they're able to do that. So, Pino, I'm driving back from Philadelphia and I'm checking my scores. You know, and, and I look down, I see your Yankees are up. Uh, well, actually, I got back on Saturday night, but I, I, in the afternoon yesterday, I was kind of taking a nap. And I was looking around at the scores, you know, these teams that are in this quote-unquote. I almost feel dirty looking at the um, wild card standings in Major League Baseball because you want to talk about something that's devalued. That deal is, if ever there was something devalued, baseball by adding the multiple tiers to their playoffs, I'm almost angry that the Phillies are so far ahead in the wild card. And I'm thinking to myself, this team in years past in the baseball, I know it would not be making the playoffs right now. I don't know if you do the same thing, Bino, when you look at your club, but that's kind of how I feel. Well, I mean, for this Yankee team to be anywhere close to wild card contention, uh, they certainly have not performed like a playoff team almost at any point. In, in the entire season. Uh, you know, it keeps more people involved, Tony. There's still a 
uh, only a small percentage of the teams make the playoffs. So it it's it's still okay. It's not what what we once thought of uh, as uh, as as playoff worthy teams. Were you but, guys uh, ahead like more people involved for longer in the season? Were you guys ahead like seven to two in yesterday's game, or was I imagining that? And then I woke up today and you lost. What in the world? What happened? Oh, okay. They're up seven three and gave up five spot uh, in in the bottom of the ninth. Well, Clay Holmes, who's been one of the few bright spots, decided to join the the tank train uh, for whatever reason. Uh, he couldn't get anybody out uh, and made throwing error. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, the, the. I mean, the Yankees have basically been toast for a long, long time. Uh, but that was an exclamation point on what's just been a really, really disappointing season. So you had you guys had you a serious meltdown, basically. Yeah, they, they just being star. Yeah, go, was, yeah. I want to go back to something here. We talked about Friday, and I want to get the opinion of the living listener because the expectation on the upcoming season, and I've got a fear, and I I hope I'm wrong, but I've got a fear that our fan base is. Um, overly inflating the upcoming season and i've sort of been i don't know if the term's warning people about it but that that seems as appropriate and apt a term as anything i can come up with right now um but you know, what would constitute we, we talked about this in your way if i were to say to you okay you're the professor and you have to give a letter grade for the upcoming year. What what would be an A season? What would be a B season? A C season, a D season, an F season. And you could even do pluses in there, pluses or minuses if you want to, which I didn't get into on Friday, but we were sort of kicking this around and we ran out of time. And I didn't do any TLD logistics overdrive, overtime, because I was, you know, I was on vacation, working on my vacation, and I and I was warned by Laura. She said, "So help me if you do that, Tony. I'm gonna put my hands around your neck, and on patrol, live's gonna get called." So I didn't I didn't want to risk that. We don't we don't like to make red haired people mad, Bino, do we? That we're married to. That's not a that's not something I would advise anybody to make make red-haired people angry. So I would advise anybody making their wife angry, regardless of their hair color. Interesting. So, I, I, when I'm thinking about this club, and I'm, I'm I'm thinking about, and I just think we've lost a lot off last year's team. I mean, Hendon Hooker was. As good as you could possibly be in this offense, in my in my opinion, till he got hurt last year. I mean, he put up numbers. I don't know that Nico puts his numbers up. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. I mean, I, I think Nico would be a very dynamic player with a better skill set. But this guy was just, how you say it? It was almost like it was meant to be because he was he was there, and the offense just just took off um and he took off with it like a perfect quarterback for the offense and the weird thing is 
the first impression of him from the coaching staff was, we need to go get a quarterback. Which is another thing I want to tie into today. I don't know about you guys, but I, I think it's highly hilarious watching the ESPNs, looking at social media, and people drawing conclusions about these rookie quarterbacks already, Bino. Like, I had somebody call me yesterday, really follows the NFL, and he's like, you know, this Bryce Young guy can't play. I mean, he's too little. And I'm going, how do you know that? He goes, somebody hit him and knocked him on the ground. He rolled over and rolled around. And I was like, yeah, he got hit and got he fell down. Well, no, it was the way. You know, it was just a linebacker hit him. And and then and then a buddy of mine who's a um, big Titan fan, he texts me the other night, and he goes, guy, this guy stinks. And And I just... Before we get into the Vols, let's go there, Beanstar. How do people draw conclusions based on what they're looking at in preseason football games? Or maybe you can. Maybe you can draw conclusions. Maybe there are times where you can just look at a guy and go, God, that person stinks. No, I don't think you can draw any conclusions whatsoever from preseason football, Tony. Um, And I'm... You know, some of the concerns about Bryce Young were his size, so people are going to look that believe that. People are going to look for things in the course of a game that kind of proves that out. Uh, but uh, certainly you can't draw anything from preseason football, not one single solitary thing. The rookies, you, you can't. Now, like Marcus Scariota in Philly, I, I was trying to tell my – and, and, you know, my family, you know, I don't know, you'd probably be surprised by this, but they think I'm negative. They think I'm kind of a negative sports fan. I've Get out told, of here. Well, I've been told that. And my, um, I, I was telling them when we signed Scariota back in the offseason, the Eagles, I'm like, that guy stinks. But that, he stunk the other night in a preseason game, was skipping balls around, overthrowing people. I mean, again, I'm not drawing conclusions, but I can draw conclusions on the fact that he's had a body of work. That's that's fair, yes. That's a yes, subject. yeah. That 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 has nothing to do with the preseason, though. That's that's a guy that's already stunk in preseason, regular season, any season. But the thing about the upcoming year is with Tennessee is that my this is my concern, and I'm not here to tell anybody how to think. This is just everybody involved. I think we all want it so badly to be so that we're kind of trying to wish it into existence, and that's that the team is totally back, and they're just not. Now, they're going to be okay and pretty good, and the coach is very good, and his staff's very good. But they're thin, and they're thin in that offensive line, and that's a concern. And you've got a quarterback back there that holds balls. Now, are those fair statements? Is that a fair thing to say, Bino? Like, is that a fair, or am I being alarmist here? You, you'll call me out. Oh no, I, I think um, I, I think the offensive line is something to be concerned about. We haven't seen this unit to, together. Um, I, I. I understand people that have questions about Joe Milton because he hasn't he he hasn't proven uh, that he can t- take the reins as a starter through the course of the season and perform throughout the the slate of games. Uh, I, I understand those questions. I, I don't I don't think those are unreasonable 
fears. Um, I, I also don't think anybody at all thought Tennessee was winning 10 football games last year. Well, that's why, and Brian, I got a um, request out to get Danger Dan Harrelson on here. What what did Dan Harrelson say last year, Brian? We kind of all laughed at him. Dan's coming on in like two minutes, Tone. And he picked on what? He uh, he said they were going to win, I think, ten games. Yep. And he said this team's going to win like eleven. And I remember last year, you know, having Dan Harrelson on and almost like openly mocking the poor guy on the air. Now, he's a good sport. Yeah. He didn't hold that against us. But we all went around the room on him questioning him, and we were all sort of like, you haven't – I mean, Bino asked him, or, you know, have you been around solvents? And <laughs> I did not. Have you – Bino asked the guy literally last year on the air, he said, did you – in the before you wrote your article, were you cleaning under your kitchen cabinet? Were you rooting around reorganizing your kitchen cabinet before you wrote your article? Never happened. <laughs> and we all sort of went. But we all were kind of giggling. I may have thought that. Yeah. Is he? I didn't say it out loud. So Dan's gone back to the well. Dan's, um, Dan hit at the poker table. And he didn't put his money in his pocket and walk away. He's doubled down, uh, Bino. 11-1. and one. Uh, I'll, I'll take the under and hope Dan is right again. Dan is. To say Dan, Dan's not out over his skis, for those of you of age, Dan's like the guy on the wide world of sports who just jumped off and one ski just flew off. I love that guy. I think they called that dude the agony of defeat. Youngsters yeah. look it up. Speaking of youngsters, one thing I love about this year is the buzz you get out of camp. Now, last year the buzz was all about Dylan Sampson, who ended up not being able to uh, read and recognize enough to get on the field. And when they gave him an opportunity to play, he, he was getting his quarterbacks hit, so they had to limit what he did. This year there's a kid they're going to turn loose in their defense, and they're one of the strengths overnight of their defense, and it only occurred because Jawan Mitchell went into the transfer portal. But one of the strengths of their defense is, and also Banks got um, got drafted, Jeremy Banks, uh, or was out of eligibility, however you want to put that. But he was, I think he had a cup of coffee in Tampa. I think he got released recently. I don't, I don't know if he got picked up anywhere else. But this Arion Carter from down there in Smyrna is a guy, and we wrote about it in the blog today, this is a guy that, Tennessee fought tooth and nail Alabama with. I mean, this was a this was a uh, death match to the finish. But, you know, I'm hearing things about Arian Carter that I haven't heard about a new coming linebacker. And again, I talk to people that you know go all the time and guys that are over there that we sort of have developed a relationship with. And uh, I'm hearing things about Arian Carter that, I mean, quite frankly, I haven't heard about in-state defensive player maybe since a guy that we witnessed um, from Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, this guy's a converted running back who can run like the wind, hits people. Uh, a couple of the veteran offensive linemen after the 
um, practice the other day, and then after the scrimmage the other day, were were just raving about him. You know, un unprompted. Um, Arian Carter, I think if he stays healthy, he's going to be a star player here. It's pretty cool. I love seeing things like this early in camp. Yeah, it it, it is Tony, and it's what uh, you know. It's what you get when you can successfully recruit uh, against the Alabamas of the world. They're they're not coming into Tennessee to get someone who can't play. That's very true. I mean, one has to look at Alabama down through the years and say, how many guys have they gotten out of this state that didn't pan out? And and I would I would submit to you that that answer is very few. Very few. there are a lot more high towers and uh, Jeremy Nunley's of the world and Antonio Lund, uh, not Antonio what was the other guy's name um, there have been several of them down through the years though that, that came out of here that could flat out play especially defensive players but we'll come back Danger Dan Harrelson Volswire going to join us in uh, last year about a year ago we had Danger Dan on and. Danger Dan said straight up, 11, uh, 10 and 2, and, and we took turns laughing at him. And Bino had that unfortunate interfacing with him when he asked him about, you know, products underneath his, underneath the kitchen, the kitchen cabinet. But uh, we'll, we'll come back on the other side and grab Danger Dan. And then I want to revisit what we were doing Friday, which is, because I'm going to let Danger Dan sort of set the tone here. And then I want to talk to you about this upcoming year and if what you hear in camp has you feeling more bullish on the Vols or like you need to recalibrate. And again, I'm not trying to steer anybody here, but one thing I don't want to do from where I'm at is throw undue pressure, undue expectation, and be fair to that young coach and his staff. That's all. We'll come back on the other side. As we continue, as we continue, Brian Hartman has a belly full, ladies and gentlemen, of uh, Philadelphia soft pretzels. Brian, in the last 24 hours, how many have you eaten? I want to know right now. Okay, I have eaten two of them. As we continue on the other side, to quote my son Anthony, he said, that's a lot of dough, a lot of empty calories, and a lot of heaviness sitting there right in your stomach. as we So if Brian sounds sluggish and lethargic today, there's a reason. Danger Dan joins on the TLD Logistics Hotline right after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. 
You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. 
We raise 100% non-GMO grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Gypsy Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. To the great uh, Jerry Lingenfelter and the folks over at Fleet, because my during our trip, the uh, job they did on our car was great. And also, uh, my friends over at Carnes Motor Company, who got me tuned up and ready to roll, thank you. Rob and Brian, you, you made me look like um, a semi-competent driver. Bino's ridden long distances with me. While I'm doing the show, I was uh, explaining to somebody the other day that uh, Friday show, Friday a week and a half ago, Bino, we were driving through D.C. and doing the program while driving. And, Bino, is that um, is that a radio bit or is that for real based on what you've been through? Uh, unfortunately, Tony, that is for real. <laughs> People look at me like... What is this guy doing, and why is he making these faces and gesturing? And Now joining on the TLD Logistics Hotline, a man who is setting the bar here. Last year he came on here, and we had Danger Dan on. This is an annual tradition here. Dan Harrelson, Volswire, um, does a great job covering all the sports. But he's on the TLD Logistics Hotline, tldlogistics.com. Dan Harrelson's starting to get a little cooler at night. Even if it's not, I'm going to pretend like it is. Where I was last week, it, get, it was getting. It felt like football season at night. It was making me feel really good. But that's right around the corner, brother. Brian Hartman just told me from week zero, we are two and a half weeks out, which is just really hard for me to comprehend. Danger, Dan, I bring you in against the backdrop that last year you came on here. You were the lone wolf, my friend, the lone wolf in the wilderness saying watch out for this tennessee team they got something they got something 
And I'm a little surprised, Dan, that you've sort of doubled down. And you've got Tennessee headed for big things again this year. Talk to me, Dan, about what you're thinking as I welcome you in, and I hope you're having a good summer, my man. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Uh, good, good to speak with you guys again. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, right around the corner. I got a little backdrop on my end. I don't know. Yeah, I got a little. I got a little backup. Let's see if we can clean that out here. And if it if it doesn't disappear, we'll reconnect with you. But go ahead. Uh, so, Dan, you and I were talking off the air, and and you said one of the things that's got you maybe thinking that Tennessee could sneak up on some people. Not sneak up. You're not going to sneak up. But they could be successful again this year against that schedule is the uncertainty of our opponents is greater this time around than it's been in years past. And I want you to unpack that for me. When you say uncertainty, what do you mean? Yeah, so as far as the schedule goes, it's once again really good for Tennessee. And this all started with breaking up the gauntlet October that Butch and Dooley and, you know, Fulmer had to deal with at the end of, with Alabama and Georgia and maybe a West opponent. You move Georgia to November now, so that definitely helped. Of course, that's going to change next year, obviously, when the SEC changes. But it helps with teams against, like, Alabama, even though Alabama's been on this dominant run. Because look at the schedule this year for, for Bama. They got like seven games, I guess it is, or six games before you get to to UT at Bryant Denny Stadium. But they got to play at A and M, at Mississippi State, Ole Miss, uh, Texas that second game at home, Arkansas at, at home, and then we'll get an off week till right after that. And that's part of the reason why I like uh, Tennessee uh, pretty well last year going into that Bama game. On top of which, we'll see this again with Alabama State, after they played Utah State in that first game last year, obviously they, they rolled Utah State, but that wasn't the point of that being a, a major emphasis of picking Tennessee to beat Alabama in season because they had a they really struggled against that same offense that Tennessee runs because Anthony Tucker was the OC there, who's at Indiana now is co-OC with Walt Bell. And you just knew with the rubs and everything, they couldn't really defend that that well, but they had enough talent to get by that game. But you're going to see that again, the same style, obviously, with Coach Golish there at USF. They play them third week, that game right after Texas. They're going to roll them, obviously, but it's going to be very important to see if they do get any kind of uh, better, especially fundamental-wise with their secondary, or it could be another track meet for Tennessee in that game. But also so hang on one second. So you're saying that Alabama gets goalish in um, Tampa. in Tampa, the well, USF game. Okay, you know that's really interesting um, because y- you make the point, and this is what I love about Dan. Dan Dan really follows like the coaches and where they're going and around the country, and that's why he's good to follow. Uh, and who does what, and whose system is what and where and how. Bino, that's a really interesting point I haven't heard anybody bring up as we park on Alabama here as you look at Tennessee's upcoming schedule. I've been parking, because I'm a simpleton, on the importance of the Texas game. Now, Dan said, look, Alabama's going to roll that team, but what kind of offense can they put together and what kind of success can they have? And Dan's point is Utah State was pretty successful. 
against Alabama last year, which I remember Dan coming on here and saying, I think Tennessee's going to win the game with Alabama. He was one of the few people. And I was like, what? what is this guy? I mean, what are you talking about? Uh, you know, that's very interesting, isn't it, when you put that into, into consideration here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's not stunning that Dan goes more in depth than you and I do. Uh, but uh, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in, in how he views the season. So it's, uh, it's good to have Dan on here with us. So, Dan, let's talk about that for a second. Um, when you look at Alabama's personnel, and they lost to the NFL draft two safeties and a, several other players defensively, as they're always going to. And you've got sources there. What are you hearing about their club this year in terms of their ability to replace those guys? I know they were active in the portal, et cetera. What are you hearing? Right. So, so Bama returns five and five, five starters on offense, five on defense. They don't have many lettermen returning. They're tied with Kentucky for second least in, in the conference, and they have the the least amount of returning lettermen in the entire top 25 of the USA Today coaches poll, one behind Notre Dame at 37. So they got 36 lettermen coming back. Saban was not happy after this weekend uh, with the quarterback play, wide receivers, dropping passes, and uh, at left tackle, he's just not happy with it. As I told you prior to coming on, Nick Saban's a mastermind of using the media to to deliver a, a message. But it just didn't feel like he was trying to uh, manufacture that to, to deliver a message to the media. I think he's really frustrated because of, uh, like I said, lack of uh, depth, letterman, quarterback play, left tackle, you name it. So, I don't know. It, it's, it's very interesting to, to see this come through, but you also have in the back of the, your head, he's one of Natty with, like Jake Coker and almost won one with Blake Sims. So he's, he's done this with average type players and maybe he can pull something together and get camp right for this. But I just think with the amount of people that aren't returning and depth wise, NIL, transfer portal, you name it, I think it could be catching up to him. But then again, it's, it's really hard to, to pick against him just the amount of success that he has had at Alabama and LSU. So right now, I think if they were to play early, I think Tennessee definitely beats them. But as we know, it's it's the third Saturday in October, and Tennessee will have that off week a few weeks before that. So I think that does help Tennessee. But I think definitely right now, I I think Tennessee would beat them. You know, the the thing I can't get out of my head, and and we've gone back and forth on this, okay, to me, Tennessee's most important game on that schedule is that Florida game. And I yeah. look at what's happened with the offensive line here early on and, you know, the situation with what we believe is a hernia-type um, little surgery uh, that happened with Mays. And, uh, and, and we believe it's going to spill over into the season here. And if that's the case, we also think he's back by Florida. And so, hopefully, Tennessee's line's intact. But, man, that's a ma- even though they're not who they've been, that's still a major league test for uh, Joe Milton and Tennessee's offense. Huge game. 
Yeah, I mean that that I mean looking back at last year, part of the process of analyzing Tennessee's schedule was you, you got to win at Pittsburgh. You, you got to win that game. That you only get one chance at it year two in a program to continue building and to have that buzz out there. If you drop that game, that's a huge hit on your program. Heupel got that W, and then obviously if you're good enough to win there uh, against a pretty good pit team, you're, you should beat Billy Napier in year one at home. And you just hear the Brian Kelly talk at the early part of last year and this time last year in fall training camp. He didn't have a quarterback, or he wasn't pleased with the quarterback yeah. play, kind of like Saban is right now, and it just turned into something for Brian Kelly. So it kind of is the domino effect to get undefeated into Bama. And then, obviously, like I said, with Utah State, you kind of give them the W there. But it's the same situation with Florida. You're, you're exactly correct. It's a huge game. you got to get a W at the Swamp first time. Continue to check the boxes for Heupel first time in, in 20 years for mm-hmm. to win down there. Obviously, they did the same situation in Tuscaloosa for first time since '03. But, yeah, Florida, whether you have Mays or not, you still have to win that game, and quite frankly, you should win that game. Mino, any thoughts? Yeah, Dan, it's uh, um, I, I, I'm kind of a serious history guy, uh, which scares me here. I, I know Tennessee is is breaking through all kinds of barriers. Uh, so even though Florida uh, isn't uh, uh, the the Florida that uh, we we've come to know right now, especially from a uh, talent standpoint on the roster, death wise, um, I'm still looking at that game as a harbinger of things to come. I I still believe it's the springboard game. Uh, to move on from that, do you like do you like the placement of Tennessee's bye? Uh, because I think it comes just about at a perfect time. Because I believe that that their season is going to be defined uh, by October. Right. Yeah, I definitely like their schedule. I love the open date there on October 7th. You can go all in on South Carolina to revenge last year's loss and have that off week and, and get ready to, to beat an A&M team that should be better uh, with, with the addition of Bobby Petrino and, and maybe some, some depth there that's developed. And, and of course, at Alabama. So I, I love it. I love the schedule. Uh, you know, I go back to last year's schedule similar situation. Josh Hopkinson, he's had house money with the schedule compared to, like I said, with Butch and Dooley and Pruitt. Just that, that October gauntlet was just crazy for those coaches. And he's playing with house money, having that open date right there. And I will say this, though, because I've talked to a few coaches, and they separate the season into three seasons in one. September being summer, you have more of your skill guys throwing the ball, all that good stuff mixture of that in fall and October, and it's ground and pound basically in November when it gets to the winter month. And that's where it kind of worries me about Georgia because Georgia's got a pretty easy schedule, as we all know, but they also have 54 lettermen coming back, and by that point you would think they could get Carson Beck or whoever ready. So that game kind of does worry me because uh, that should be a ground and pound type game. I think Tennessee can potentially play with them, but I'm not ready to pick them beating Georgia just for that sole reason. So Georgia's the one game you look at and say that's an out-of-reach game? Because that's what I do. I just look at that. I I set them off to the side right now. I just don't think – look, I I don't think recruiting from player to player 
means a whole lot. There's a lot of hiss, hits. There's a lot of misses. There's a lot of surprises in major college football. Three-star kids you didn't know that could really play. I mean, there are two-and-a-half-star kids on these some of these teams that can really play. And there's a lot of five-star kids that have already these coaches have already ascertained are not going to contribute. But that said, Georgia just had such a preponderance of four- and five-star guys, and they continue to stack them up. That they're just out of reach to me right now, Dan. That's just out of reach to me, even though it's here. Right. I mean, not saying. I mean, we never know the dynamics getting into November. Both teams, injury wise. That's that right. Stuff. That's I mean, right. Who, who knows? But yeah, on on paper right now, I, yeah, you just you just have to put an L right there. I will say this: though, I do look, and I'm not taking a shot at Georgia or anything because mm-hmm. what they anybody that wins one national title or two straight national titles, like they have done. That's obviously a great feat, but if Alabama's healthy in the second half in Indianapolis, I think Bama and Bryce Young win that game. And I think if they played last year, I think Bama and Bryce Young win last year. So Kirby was definitely very fortunate to bypass Alabama and Bryce Young last year. Obviously, it's Bama's fault for not closing out two games to have the opportunity, but I do feel like there's a little bit of an asterisk by Georgia's about that. About that, Bino. Lucky to bypass Bryce Young last year. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I, I, here's the thing about them them winning at all. They have the most talent on their football team. I mean, you look at the NFL draft, and it kind of is what it is. And I, it's not it's not a game that's about the NFL. Never has been, but. Uh, they had some excellent leadership on their football team and some really good chemistry, even though they had some knuckleheads and some 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 guys that can't stay out of trouble, uh, speaking of Georgia. What about that A&M game? Go ahead, Brian. You're wanting to add something. Go ahead, Brian. Jump in here, and then we'll... Well, yeah, they have good leadership, except when it comes to uh, <clears throat> driving on the streets. So moving along, the A&M game. Um, as Dan Harrelson joins us, Dan has Tennessee right now. Uh, his number is 11-1. and one. Last year he came on here and said 10-2, and two, and we kind of uh, – I'm not going to hide from the fact, then that I was sort of dismissive of the concept of Tennessee going 10-2 and two last year. And But I'm hearing you out here. Talk to me about A&M and the navigability of that game for the Vols. Yeah, I mean, A&M, I think I saw somewhere – Today or yesterday, I think they're tied in. Maybe is out for the year. I think he had an ACL or something like that. So that's obviously not good for them. But they got the same amount of returning Letterman coming back this year as Georgia. I I, I just think though having that open date. If you didn't have an off date October seventh before hosting Texas A and M, I, I think that could get kind of dicey. But like I said, you can go all in on South Carolina have that off week and then get ready for probably the biggest stretch uh, of the whole season, hosting Texas A&M and going to Alabama, then obviously go to Kentucky right after Bama. But I'm, I'm not there just yet on Kentucky thinking they can beat Tennessee. Obviously, it was close the last time they played up there, but that was Michael's first year. That was a given 7-5 and five season, so I, I don't really hold that performance against him. But I think Kentucky should be a little bit better this year with the OC and, and Leary, but getting back to A&M, yeah, if, if they can get something going on with uh, Connor Wegman at quarterback and 
just having Bobby Petrino run his offense, uh, they can make some noise. I haven't looked solely at the full schedule, but I would assume they could get maybe eight, nine, potentially ten wins. We'll, we'll see. Go ahead, Bino. Dan, outside of <clears throat> Georgia and Alabama, uh, who, who scares you the most of teams remaining on the schedule and why? Probably Florida, and it's weird to say that just because I don't think they're going to be that great this year. But it's still – you look at Florida, obviously that they play at Utah, and that's, that's a huge game for them to go out there and play in those elements, that elevation. And who knows, win or lose, whatever happens there, the, the Florida-Tennessee game for the Gators is, is pretty much their Super Bowl of the season. I get it. They get Georgia not till November, and then obviously last game against Florida State. So you don't really have those two big ones, those marquee games for their program for rivalry until the last month of the year. So I would assume, speaking of going all in, I, I think they're going to go all in on this Tennessee game. It's going to be a physical game. As you got to hand it to, to Billy. They're, they're going to run that speed option type offense and be very, very physical. So Tennessee has to be ready for that. But I think ultimately, if Tennessee's making plays down there, I think that can come out, like I said, with the first win at the Swamp since 03. You know, the one thing about the speed option and what Florida's going to try and do, and they, they named Graham Mertz a starting quarterback over the weekend, which we knew that was a foregone conclusion. But let's face facts here. I mean, Graham Mertz is, uh, athletically speaking, got to be towards the bottom of the pile uh, in Division One football. Not not just Southeastern Conference football, but Division One football. I mean, this guy's got sort of an old man body. He's like an old man. But you just mentioned that the formula for Florida is going to be keep the ball away from Tennessee. And and that's why I, I park on that game, Dan. And... Uh, Bino, am I overly concerned about that Florida game, or is it just that we're OGs? I I made a list today on the blog of some of the quarterbacks that have beaten Tennessee, and he would just be, I mean, he would be par for the course if that guy were to beat us this year. I know it's a new era, but, man, it's hard for me to to get into my brain that Florida is going to be just a game that Tennessee should blow this team out. If they weren't the Florida Gators, I would pick Tennessee to absolutely blow them off the field because, Dan, when you tell me that your formula for staying with Tennessee and staying in a game is going to be to run the ball, once we get a couple scores ahead of you, there's nothing you can do about it. Right, unless you have a a turnover like in the Bama game and they score a touchdown and back in it, those type things. But we'll see if all that stuff gets cleaned up this year, but I, I'll say this on Tennessee side, speaking of quarterback, and I get it. I have question marks with Joe. I, I know a lot of other people have question yeah. marks with Joe. Can he be the accurate guy instead of continuing to just throw it deep? And obviously that's a huge part of Heifel's offense, but I, I would, I'm very interested to see how much like a guy like Cam Selden, you have him in the backfield, put him pre-snap motion, alleviate some of Milton's quick decision-making, just throwing the flats, those type things. I'm just very curious to see if we see anything different uh, to, to scheme around uh, Milton, what he can do best, and, and maybe some of the underneath stuff. Maybe we start seeing a little bit more of that. I know Heifel's only ran mesh one time 
at Tennessee, and that was down to Swamp on the fourth down play, and I believe it was Javante Payton should have caught that ball. But I, I think if you do some of those type plays, that that's definitely going to help. I got like Milton, he looked back at the spring game, they implemented a couple half rolls in, in the offense, and I think that can help him out too. But the reason why I'm ultimately high on Tennessee this year, because Josh Heifel, being in that position, it's a quarterback position, his knowledge, his experience, all that good stuff, coaching-wise, he would have addressed the quarterback room this offseason, especially in the era of the transfer portal. He probably would have got like a, a Tagovailoa from, from Maryland, a Hartman who, who went to Notre Dame, something of that nature, if he didn't feel confident about Joe Milton this year and if he didn't feel like Nico could come in as a freshman and do something. So I'm, that's why I'm kind of rolling with Josh on this because it's, it's his decision. He owns it, like Brian Kelly said when he left Notre Dame. He owns this decision uh, to roll with Joe Milton this year when you have a stacked roster and you have a pretty good schedule. Yeah, and, they, and he, you make a really good point because if they would have gone into the portal with this offense, they could have shaken that kid away from um, Maryland. We all knew Hartman was out there last year. There were several guys that were probably gettable, especially as dynamic, especially as dynamic as Tennessee's offense uh, is. I mean, you would think that if they would have been, um, you know, not confident. But that's a really interesting way of putting that because if the thing doesn't work out with Milton, uh, fans are fans are going to openly ask, you know, hey, you're making the big money. You should have seen this coming. Um, boy, there's a lot on Joe Milton. Bino, jump in here. You were wanting to get in on, on a couple pieces of our original conversation. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, Tony, to answer your question, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that the only real fear here uh, from a Tennessee standpoint against Florida is the series history um, because they've obviously downgraded a quarterback. Uh, apparently, Dan Mullen took the – Don DeVoe recruiting route for a couple of years, sending out postcards that said, wish you were here. And that's pretty much all he did. Nice. Uh, the roster's not very good. Um, and they were awful at the end of last year. And Tennessee's uh, on an upswing, and they're, they've basically been on a downswing. So series history is the only thing that really scares me in that. And they're going to run an offense that basically is doing our defense a favor. Danger, Dan. You right. have, yeah, go ahead, man. You're, go ahead. Man. Yeah, so when I hear that, and you're totally right, I totally get it. I think a lot of people are just, you know, they think of that stuff, and rightfully so because it's been kind of bad. But when I think of that, I, I just hear Josh Heifel when he was talking about uniforms and offense and stuff like that, a new little twist on a historic program. That's how. That's just his philosophy is on a lot of things, and that's probably how he would answer that question if he was ever asked it. Dan, Billy Napier, did he just take that job at the wrong time in light of what Bino just said? Because it Probably. looks like when you when you look at their schedule and then you look at next year's schedule in particular, I mean, let's think about this. Let's say they have the season people think they're going to have, which is around 500. And let's, and let's just say that one of the things that occurs there is Tennessee goes and wins a game on the road. See, Tennessee's got a chance here for a couple of narrative-changing wins on the road. Um, and even if they go one for two, that'd be pretty good. Like at Florida, at Alabama, one of those two games, just win one of the two, it's narrative changing. Um, you get both of them, then we're in a different world. But 
that fan base, fan bases don't care. I mean, when a guy's making big money, you know this. We're talking to all these coaches. These fans don't care about what you inherited. They, they, you 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 use the term you own it. And I just wonder with Napier if Tennessee does get them. I just wonder what his long-term prospects are there. I don't know. I mean, I think regardless of how this season ends, I, I think he's recruited well enough. Uh, just looking at recruiting rankings where you, you see that some fans out there for Florida that are kind of looking for next year already, basically because he's recruited okay yep. this off season. So, I don't know if they would fire him after this year. I think they may give him a, a third season unless it just got really, really bad. But I don't I don't know. I, I just as bad as Tennessee's been down the last ten, fifteen years, whatever it is, Florida, except for a couple of appearances in, in Atlanta under McAway, I mean they've been pretty bad since Urban's last year. That is true. That that certainly is food for thought, but it's one thing to be bad. And Bino said this earlier. It's another thing. I remember when Tennessee was entering the abyss. When teams you have a 20-year winning streak over in your league come into your building and beat you, that's kind of when you know it's over. Even when you're mediocre. Bino, there's a difference between being mediocre and having Tennessee come into your building and beat you. I think that would really jar their fan base. Well, it's you know it's it's the same thing we think when Kentucky wins a game against Tennessee. Now, I mean, when Kentucky beats us, I automatically want the coach fired. Now, I'm probably not gonna I'm not gonna do that if it happens with Hopwell, but that's been the end for me with most every football coach that we've had. And that is my I guess that's sort of my takeaway. Uh, on this deal, but uh, Dan Harrelson, so your final record for this season right now as we sit here is what? I'm going to put that out probably later this week or early next week, but right now I'm leaning towards 11-1, 10-2 at worst. I I just think like I said, the the ultimate thing we've discussed a lot here, but the ultimate thing is high pool his background, the way he operates offensively, he would address the quarterback row if he thought it was a problem. And, you know, Alabama's tricky. I mean, right now, that's why I think they can beat Alabama if they played. And I'll, I'll say this about Nick Saban, 2021 SEC Media Days, he, he told media that he thinks things are going to revert back to a compact offense, and I think that's why he's trying to get ahead of the curve a little bit and start going that direction. Because what it is, all these defenses are recruiting for the star position, nickelback, all those things, the edge rushers, and they're not equipped totally to, to, to defend bully ball if you have the horses up front like Alabama can recruit to. Mm-hmm. The problem with Alabama, they got a pretty good line. I know they, he was kind of going off on left tackle, but I think they have enough to get by this year. But they just got to figure out the passing game because anybody can load up the box and kind of – chip away at that, that ground game if they're going full-fledged, which it does seem like they're going to do. Danger Dan, tell the living listener where they can find you, <clears throat> any of your extra work, podcast stuff. Go ahead, my man. 
Yeah, uh, at Dan Harrelson on Twitter and BallsWire.com. And I'll, I'll say this, I'll throw another team out there that could be interesting, but I think Josh Heupel has enough to beat them, is Missouri, just because uh, Drinkwick is uh, handing over the play-calling duties to Kirby Moore, who came from Fresno State, who's tied in with Kalen uh, DeBoer. Yep. And there's actually a tie there with Heifel with uh, Blaney at Eastern Michigan. And so they kind of run similar stuff. But I don't know if they're going to go like fully into what Heifel runs. But it should, should be interesting, especially a guy like Jake Garcia, if he can come in. Or if they go with Brady Cook at, at quarterback. So that one late in the year could be interesting. But we'll see. I still like Tennessee in that game. Hey, Dan, eventually the dog catches the car. Um. With Heupel, somebody asked me this Friday. I'm going to ask you on the way out. Dan Harrelson, I thank you for joining us on TLD Logistics Hotline. But how long in your mind till college football catches up to him? Because the more people you have playing the way they play, eventually it gets figured out. Or to some extent, they learn how to neutralize it. How long till that occurs? Yeah, I, I think you're probably going to see that. I don't. I wouldn't say like next year or two years, but yeah, eventually. It's, I've actually given that a lot of thought lately because I've also started thinking about what Kirby did when Paul Johnson was the coach at Georgia Tech. He he devoted period time and practice uh, throughout the year, spring ball, whatever, to to defending the option, and that's why I kind of look at this Georgia game for, for Tennessee's sake. And I know we've discussed it already, yeah. but. I would not be surprised if he's already implemented practice time to defend this offense that that Heifel runs. But you're right; I, I think eventually it's going to it's going it's going to catch up to, to to Josh, and you'll start seeing different fads and phases offensively just to kind of get a leg up. Well, they were, you know, speaking of Georgia, they were the one team last year that has so much personnel they were able to do it. I mean, to me, that's when I knew Georgia was. Heads and shoulders bearing everybody else, and I mean, I, it was surprising how badly they beat TCU in that championship game. But looking back on that, I mean, basically, anytime Georgia got across from somebody last year, and that team had their full-throated attention, Georgia squashed them like a bug. Yeah, yeah, especially the LSU game. I mean, they yeah, but to your point, they dodged Alabama and. uh and Tennessee was a big reason for that. It's kind of fun thinking Tennessee kept Alabama away from any chance at winning the big cash and the big prizes. But, uh, Dan Harrelson, thanks, man. Good talking to you. All right. Thank you. Great long segment there with Dan Harrelson. Hour two on the radio. He's at Volswire. Once again, look for him at Dan Harrelson on X slash Twitter. We're back on Twitter Spaces live today. So if you want to hear the show that way, which is almost an unfiltered version of the program because when we go to timeouts, we talk about things, set the show up, do the howdy and shake, all that good stuff. My number, if you want to get in, is 865-200-5402. I'm going to ask Bino, regarding our conversation with Dan Harrelson, if anything he heard from him changes his opinion for the upcoming year, um, obviously there's just a... Well, the great thing about college football is you truly never know. Unless you're at Alabama or you're at Georgia. But really, I guess now, Bino, it's if you're at 
Georgia. It's not Alabama so much. You know, or if, if you're at Bandy. Yeah, unless you're in the bottom of the a bottom of the pile, or the tippy top of the pile, and I think Tennessee is somewhere probably in the upper middle, and I think Alabama's probably a little above Tennessee, but I think they've got enough questions that 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 early season becomes interesting for Alabama. Dan's got me thinking right now, being star. Well, their their quarterback questions. Uh... Uh, are huge stalling right now, and um, it, it. I'll I'll say this: when Saban's been put in a position uh, to where his back's a little bit against the wall as far as being the ultimate program uh, in college football, he's always come out swinging. Uh, if if Georgia can send them off for another season. Uh, you know, Alabama's always going to be good, but you, you have to wonder if they haven't just relinquished the crown. Well, again, I'm a big believer, and we'll come back on the other side because I want to get into this. You could say that Alabama's lost their way in late September or mid-September. That Texas game is huge, and Dan's got me thinking about what will USF do, uh, and will we see a sneak preview if they're able to move the ball in Alabama's defense, and then all of a sudden we'll be able to point to that and go, uh-oh, you, you, you better get Mako after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby, king of the precious stones, for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. 
Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. It is hour two on the radio. Also, we are on Twitter Spaces, and Tennessee Suave wants to speak. So, Suave, we will be coming to you momentarily. He's uh, raised his hand. So, we'll go to him in our Twitter Spaces bureau in the meantime i guess it's called x spaces now is that right is it x is that where we are here uh let's go back to the phones and we'll go back and uh let's get our first call here as we were talking with uh, danger dan harrelson bino did danger dan move you at all as you think about what's an a what's a b what's a c and i'm gonna come to you for your answer but did that conversation move you at all uh, it did not, Tony. I'm, uh, I, I, I love the way that Dan breaks things down. And you're right, he goes at it from a different standpoint. He's, uh, he's a coach-type guy as yeah. far as makeup of staffs and what will change there, uh, uh, which is much further in-depth than I go. But uh, I haven't heard anything or read anything that would change my thought that – uh, this is probably a nine-win football team. I'm going back to our phones, and let's get our – Sabino and I are kind of singing out of the same hymn now here. Let's get our first call in. Hello and welcome. Hi, you're live on the air. Tony Basile. Hey, Tony, this – Go right ahead. Hey, this is, hey, this is Ward. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the, I didn't hear the beep, so I didn't know I was live. Hey, uh, great interview with Dan. Thanks for that. Thank you. Um, I'm – I'm pretty bullish on this season uh, based on a lot of things. I mean, it's pretty easy to have a circular argument and, and see the, the the challenges and then kind of talk your way into 
seen the really positive side of it, and then before you know it, you talk yourself back into the potentially negative side of things. Yep. Um, that being said, uh, the development that this staff has now shown two years in a row, um, the Hendon Hooker situation two years ago, or is actually we were looking at Joe Milton before the season started, and, and then when things didn't go well and, and, Hill, and Hendon came in, his development um, on top of you made a statement last week about the different quarterbacks that he's developed at the different schools. Uh, and the way Joe just looks different. He looks different in practice versus, and he looks different in his leadership. Um, gives me a lot of confidence in, in how he's going to play this year. Uh, gives me a lot of confidence in the wide receiver room. Um, I just feel like across the board, outside of, and even the development on the offensive line. Obviously, when, when Coach Friend was there, not being very friendly to our offensive line, uh, it just puts a real damper on things, and I think the first year of Heupel, I be- if it was up to me, I would say that the line was the biggest surprise of the year, even with Hooker playing as well as he played. And then last year to have Wright make the huge leap that he made, wow. and really, I felt like all of them made a, a, a improved last year. I mean, it's hard to fairly healthy, yes, but still, I mean, they just all got better. And so when you look at those things. At what point do we stop doubting? I mean, at what, st- at what point do we stop having battered ball syndrome? Um, which I, you know, being cautious, being realistic, those things being said, I, I feel really, really good. I, I think an A would be uh, 10 and 2, and then I think a B plus is 9 and 3, and a B minus is 8 and 4. And that, I only think that would happen if there were some injuries. I feel really confident about, about where we're going as a team. See, I think that's a program. I think that's a fair. I, I would go like an A is a A plus. Uh, I would almost go up a little bit from you, but I think that's a fair. I, I thought the way you were talking, you were going to say like eleven and one or twelve and O's and A. I thought you were going to head in that direction. Um, but that you are right about one thing, which is at this time of the year, and it's not just here. It's any program in this league, not Georgia. You can say to yourself, hey, we're in a lot of trouble because X, Y, Z. Or, man, I feel really good about this thing because X, Y, Z. And you can talk yourself in or out of it. It's kind of like, you know, we as human beings, and I know you're somebody with a uh, background in ministry. um, We as human beings can be our own worst enemy by the way we talk to ourselves. And, and, and you know, like, it's kind of that way with your team. You can sort of go, man, we're really good for this reason and this, this, and this going. Or, God, man, you know, our offensive line is sort of paper thin. And was, I don't know about this quarterback. And, boy, Hooker was really good. And so you, you do have a really good point where you talk about the circular nature of, uh, of fanhood, especially as it relates to this team. I think that's a really good point. I think your show last Wednesday might have been one of my favorite shows ever because you diverted for about five minutes into the Baltimore Orioles. And as a 45-year Baltimore Orioles Boom. fan, the last, the last few years have been extremely challenging to, to keep going, to keep our persevering. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, but man, it, it, I tell you, when, when, when your team, when you're any team, whether it's your college football team or your pro baseball team or 
when they're just exciting, they don't even have to be great. Like, I don't think our football team was great last year, but they sure were Agreed. exciting. And obviously very, very fun. Man, it just makes it makes sports completely different. The Orioles had a classic extra inning yeah, game well, yesterday. Uh, I love the game yesterday. Yeah, you know this yeah. Angelos guy suspending that by play guy <laughs> is the one misstep of the year, and I don't know what's wrong with the Angelos fella, but that's the most idiotic in my lifetime suspension of all time. And if that's your one misstep of the year. I bet Bino, as a Yankee fan, would not. It wouldn't bother him one bit if the Orioles went and won the whole thing this year. I'm not going to speak for Bino, uh, but go ahead, Bino. Uh, you're you're exactly right, Tony. They're they're the only team in the division uh, that I can watch succeed and be happy for. I love no that. way with the Red Sox. No no way with Tampa. Uh, no way with Toronto. Uh, Baltimore's the only team because I'm happy for Ward and their their. They're fans. Yep. They, it's, it's always been a great following uh, that, that just hasn't been rewarded. Ward, how did you become an Oriole fan? I, that's something we've never heard about you. How did you become an Oriole fan? When I was seven years old, my first little league team was the Orioles. Boom. Jim Palmer won the Cy Young. Burt Jones won the uh, MVP, and I became a Colts and Orioles fan that year. So the Orioles... Growing, uh, up, growing up in Nashville, there were yeah. no pro teams, so, you know. I was setting my sports day up earlier, which us degenerates are prone to do. The Orioles tonight play in San Diego. They have a series out there. Nine forty start. I'll be I'll be listening to that. I'll be back uh, laying down, reading a little bit, listening to that game, and enjoying the Orioles because the Sillies have an off night tonight. So. No offense, Bino, I won't be listening to your Yankees. I might be watching uh, the Yankees with the uh, Braves tonight as Bino's down there, and I've got two reasons now to cheer against the Atlanta Braves. One, they annoy me, and two, my man Bino is there, and I want him to get a dub. Thank you, Wardy. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Thank you. And I don't know, maybe there are franchises that have maybe Houston and Baltimore are the outliers, and it, it doesn't usually work. But there's two teams that basically tanked in order to get back to the point to where they had good, solid rosters. Um, gave away a number of seasons yeah. to 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 get high draft choices, and obviously you got to be smart. You got to choose the right guys and develop them. But both Houston and Baltimore have shown that that can be a successful path back to kind of championship level. Really worked out well for the Sixers, didn't it, Brian? Good, uh, good. Uh, does Connor, the kid who played catcher at Tennessee, does he play in the Oriole system? Are you eating a pretzel? Tell the truth. Let's go back to our phones. Brian had a mouthful of pretzel there. Did you hear that, Bino? The man's eating pretzels here. At Just ask a question about uh, Connor. Connor uh, Pavoloni. Uh, yeah, Pavoloni. No idea. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. Hey, maybe Blake Money will be called up by September, huh? I don't my think. friends compatriots do. I wouldn't bet real money on that, but let's go back to the phones and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Friends and compatriots doing today. Hey, W. That old Dan Harrelson, man, he's got something picking us 11 and 1, but, uh, you know, that's. Uh, Pino Did calls it chemicals. Squeeze him too hard or something and kill some brain cells. Or <laughs> I mean, <laughs> W. Lynn going all in on poor Dan Harrelson. 
I, I love the guy. I mean, I love him. And but I can't. I'm a Vino. I'm you know I'm eight and four, nine and three. Is a, is a realistic look at all this. What we've the OGs and our fan base have been is called conditioned. Yes. And that's fair. I, I want the young G's to understand that the OGs aren't negative to the young G's. I know you think, well, these these guys are negative. No, we're we've been there and done that. Yeah. Well, Doug, yeah. you brought up the stat, and it's it's much better. It's a much better look than my ten win look was. Um, I mean, ten wins is really rare, but a lot of that was schedule driven back in the day. Your two losses or less seasons is a real good look. That that that's not something comes around every year in this program, regardless of when you started following it. So two losses or less, W. Lynn. What is the uh, what is the number on that? Give me that one more well, time. We, we, We've done it twice in 25 years. Oh, one in last year. Now, Bino and I grew up when we were doing it quite a bit from 65 to 72. Almost every year. How many times, but, uh, how many times did it happen 65 to 72? Well, I had that stat, Tony. I, I'm not sure where I got it right now. I'm sorry. All right. No, but, I'm uh, going to look it up because um, it happened quite a bit, 65 to 72, Bino. Uh, I think maybe just one year we lost three. Here's my three. here's my point. I think that uh, Josh Heupel is the best young coach to arrive at this campus since Doug Dickey back then. That's a good. That's a good comparison, and. Uh, to the young G's, I, I want to ask them this because yeah. I'm always worried about depth. If you put our entire second string out there, offense and defense, yep. against Alabama and Georgia's second string, what would be the two outcomes? Oof. I don't think we'd want to see that game, W. Lynn. Although Nico, Nico running around could probably make a bunch of plays. And who knows, maybe some of the young kids that we may not see this year are going to have really bright futures. But uh, it's a point well taken, W. Lynn, at least on my end it is. How about you, Bean Star? What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think that we're anywhere close to the – of course, I don't think there are very many teams that in America, programs in America, that would want to see that. Uh, a game against uh, – uh, Georgia, Alabama, uh, or Ohio State second teams, you, you'd be in big trouble. You know, my, my hypothetical this year, and it's not, well, I'm not going to say it. I, I was talking about it off the air. Go ahead, W. Lynn. I'm sorry. I almost stepped on myself. Go well, ahead. Uh, you mentioned something, Tony, that we can never we can never judge the spirit of a young guy, and, and Dewey Warren called them reserves. That's what he liked calling the, the second string, yep. reserves. yep. And they can come in there and step up and surprise the nation. Absolutely. Spirit, and you never know that. Now, as far as Joe Milton is concerned, I'm calling him Say It So Joe. That's a shortened version of another negative thing, but I call him Say It So Joe. Let me ask you how I'd like a football person to call in and, and answer my question. If our offensive line gets beat up and it's not as good as we hope, and Joe is in a shotgun, can you put him like halfway back between where you'd put a punter and a shotgun? 
because he's got an arm. It would just be much deeper. And could our, with his arm, couldn't our offense run about the same? Put him deeper in the shotgun. I don't know. That's a really good question because with him, it's all about getting the ball off and yeah. getting the ball out quickly. And Dan Harrelson said something earlier, you know, that underneath stuff um, is something that Hypel and them just haven't, they just haven't utilized, even though it's in their it's in their stuff. And he talked yeah. about the play to Peyton down at Florida, and I remember the ball, the ball that Peyton dropped. I remember on our on our Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction. It's one of the plays people were focusing was on. That, if he catches it, was that not uh, Callaway? I think it was Callaway. Was it Callaway? Yeah, I don't think it was Peyton. I think it was Callaway. Well, it's a ball that should have been caught or Holiday, yeah. and it would have been Something. a score. Yeah, it would have been a score, but I remember how beautiful it was. I wonder if they don't use some of that stuff for Milton to take some heat off of him, especially in a game like that. Because, that, you know, that first game on the road, uh, despite what happens with Florida and Utah, will be a real pressure cooker for Tennessee. And, you know, I'm thinking if, if he's a couple steps deeper, Whoever's rushing him's got to take a couple of steps more coming in. Yeah, that's a great and thought. He's a big boy. Hey, you might he might make a mess, but if they hit him, they might bounce off. You know, but just get him a little bit deeper because we don't have to worry about his arm strength. No, it's you a know. it's a great thought you bring up. And uh, dub your thank you. Excellent call. Great show, guys. Excellent call. Twenty-five. If you want to get in, by the way, uh, you're listening to Tony Basilio's show. We're an hour two here. So breaking it down scientifically, moving right to left across your device and dial. 865-200-5402 if you want to join. I keep, and I'm going to get to Bino here on his letter grade for the upcoming year and how he's going to break it out. But I, Ward said something really interesting, which is, you can take, at this time of the year, you can talk yourself in and out of these things uh, in terms of how the upcoming season is going to go. Uh, let's go back to the phones. And and generally, especially when it comes to this era, I'm such a glass-half-full person <clears throat> when it comes to Josh Heupel and just believing. And that's part of the reason why, from what I'm doing, I don't want to blow up the expectations and then create issues for him. That's all. I'd rather be surprised than not, I guess is what I'm trying to say this year. I know people don't want to hear that. Go ahead, Bri. The AP poll has just been released, the preseason AP poll. Tennessee checks in at number 12. You've got Georgia, number one, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, LSU, top five. Clemson, Florida State, Washington, Texas ranked above Tennessee. You've got A&M at 23, Ole Miss at 22. So the balls come in at number 12. Texas is 11, Washington 10, Clemson 9, Florida State 8, Penn State 7, USC 6. I said last week on here being star 13 to 15 is where I would put a 9-3 and three football team. So I think 12 is probably in a good spot. I think it's an accurate portrayal. Yeah, I think when you look back at uh, at the polls, uh, 
generally speaking, you'll have somewhere around 10, 10 win teams um, of the caliber that they could be ranked high based on 10 wins. Uh, so if you believe that this is a nine-win football team, which right now that's my belief, then it's going to be outside of the top ten. I, I think you're probably right, Tony, somewhere from 13 to 17, somewhere in there. So Tennessee Suave wanted to speak on Twitter Spaces, is now gone. Let's go back to the phones. Brian, give me that Tennessee's 12, go 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. One more time, Brian. Go slow this time. Okay, the Vols are 12, Texas 11, Washington 10, Clemson 9, Florida State 8, Penn State 7, USC 6, LSU 5, Alabama 4, Ohio State 3, Michigan 2, and Georgia won. All right, look at the top 25 and tell me how many, the AP top 25, how many Big Ten teams in next year's Super League are there and how many SEC teams in next year's Super League is there. And, Bino, before he does that, what is your guess combined from the two leagues? What is the number? I'll go 15 of the top 25. I think that was my – okay, then I'll go one lower. Like, we'll be like we're on the prices Right, and this is for the okay. showcase showdown. I'll go 14. So you go ahead and tally those up, Bri. Um, it's almost going to get silly in college football. couple things on the landscape to look at, and then we'll go back to the phones. One, Florida State has till tomorrow – to decide what they're going to do, if they're going to get out of their grant of rights rather quickly. I don't know why they would. I don't know where they're going to go. 16 out of 25. Wow. Combined. <laughs> Who's got more, Bri? Total that up. 16 out of 25, Bino. Is that almost stupid? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, well, I mean, that's, that's the direction we're going, Tommy. And it, it's going to get worse instead of better. No question. It looks like both teams have eight. It looks like both teams have eight. Both leagues with eight. I'll go ahead and sell someone, Tony. I'm selling Texas. That phony baloney program isn't finishing up there. And they're not coming to Alabama the second week of the season and wrecking their season. They're going to be just like Utah going to Florida last year except worse. So, you know, it's funny about Texas. The the I feel sorry for this Arch Manning kid, Bino, even though, you know, he's a silver spoon kid and he's Cupper's boy and they're already whispering about him down there, some of those fans and folks involved that he can't play. And uh I guess I don't know what they were expecting the guy to do, like make the Statue of Liberty disappear. I mean I, I don't know. Do magic tricks. Guy's a true freshman. It sounds like we feel sorry for him, Tom. Well, I mean, I can I can hear the empathy no, in your what, voice. What well, you know, I was thinking about it over the weekend. It would be really hard to be Tiger Woods' son, uh, Jackie Nicholas, Jack Nicholas's boy, if um, Venus Williams were to have a kid and has to live up to Serena. You know, that would be hard to carry that name. 
I would think. I mean, obviously it has its advantages. He already has like a seven-figure NIL deal. And he's probably a Silver Spoon kid, no doubt. But I think it would be hard to carry that name, Bino. Yeah. Sounds like it's hard. Against the haters in the world. You know, the haters who are going to hate, 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 hate. Let's go back to the phones. 865-200-5402. Get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You are live on the Tony Basilio Show. Hi. Hey, Tony. It's a first-time caller. I'm a good-time listener, a good-time, long-time listener, excuse me. Thank you, brother. Walking away. Yeah, go right yeah, ahead. You guys, yeah, just a, just a compliment you guys, not to carry water for you, but y'all are probably the all-around best. I just enjoy y'all's show. I've been listening to Knoxville Radio for over a decade. You guys are great. But um, anyways, so I'm in my early 30s. So Florida might as well be Georgia in my head, you know, the uh, battered ball syndrome, as we say. Um, that, that matchup makes me uh, a little uneasy this fall. Joe Milton, I don't know how good his decision-making is, like, in a quick manner, you know. So I think I'm counting that one as a loss. Um, I do think we'll upset someone we're not expecting. But, um, you know, I, it feels good to finally, in my life, you know, have a coach that I know is a good coach. And it's interesting to see what our floor is going to be in a quote-unquote down year, you know. Cause, That's right. You know, it's it, you know it's a new perspective because it's yep. like, hey, you know what? Hooker was special. Really good team last year, no denying that. And sometimes teams have different chemistry year to year, you know. And I think last year, minus, you know, that locker room stuff or whatever that was, South Carolina, I think the team really clicked or bought in. Hopefully this team can do that again. Um, just realistically, though, looking at it, probably looking at about 9-3, and three, and I think that's an A coaching job for sure. Because, I mean, you got Alabama, Georgia, you know, just really don't think we're going to beat Saban twice. I'd love to. And if any coach can, it'd be Heifel. Um, with that being on the road, though, you know, we'll see. But, you know, it's um, – it, we'll, we'll just see. I don't want to take up too much time. Well, but, well uh, no, you know, you, here's a point, though, right? This is something that, as a run-up to that game in the season, if you go and you beat them there this year, to me it's narrative changing because all of a sudden Saban's not Superman anymore. See, that's how I knew, we knew Fulmer's tenure was in trouble when people started coming into our stadium and beating us. It's one thing to lose games on the road, but that's when you lose your superpowers in major college football. When people come into your building and beat you, it is a completely different deal. And, Bino, you'd grant me that, right? I mean, we've thrown dirt on Saban a bunch around here, okay? And I've learned not to. However, you go in there and you beat him this year, Bino, and all of a sudden, that's a narr- that's a you're in a different world all of a sudden. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and that's, yes. I, I think that's a glass full, you know, a full version. Now, look, and, hey, I absolutely think it could happen, you know. Sure. If our, if our offense clicks like it did, and I will say, I think our front seven is going to be a lot better this year if we can stay healthy, and I think that will help our secondary. Uh, the seniors, they are what they are, you know. Uh, you know, hey, maybe they can improve some, but I think we're going to need to really get pressure on to make a difference on, on the defensive side of the ball. But um, I'll hang up, but, yeah, I think 9-3 and three is an A job. 10-2 and two is obviously A+. 8-6 and six 
four, I think, is our floor, and that feels pretty good. That that no matter what, worst case, eight and four, even though that's not that's old Butcher Boys hallmark, you know, season. But you know, I think uh, you know nine and three is ten and two. That's that's not a bad place to be expected to be, you know. So. Thank you, my man. Yeah, and if you'd have told me, and I appreciate your call, and thanks for your kind words, but if you'd have told me that in year three that would have been our reality, I would have told you you're nuts. But that's what he's done. That's what they've done rather quickly. So sometimes you can do it too quickly, which might be the case here because I'm afraid that caller there, Bino, if you were to parse it out percentage-wise, that caller, and probably you and me, are probably in a little bit of a minority in terms of giving a, an A grade to a 9 and 3. But I'm not going to speak for you because I haven't asked you for your grade yet, and we'll do that in our next segment. But I kind of get the sense that a lot of our fans are expecting the world this year, and I don't know how fair that is. Yeah, no, I'm 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 not sure how accurate it is either, Tony. Of course, you you get a much better feel than than I do from the people that you talk to. But uh, I, I don't I don't think there's an over expectation amongst the majority of the fan base. I think the majority of the fan base is really happy with the direction of the program yeah. and not going to judge judge that. Based on this season, it's numbers. One thing I don't think our fan base appreciates, though, is how special the quarterback play was the last couple of seasons here. Because I'm talking like that thing was all-time special. That Milton, I mean, that uh, that Hinton Hooker guy, now he came out of nowhere, and they tried to recruit over him. I mean, all that stuff's true. So they missed it, too. But I'm talking about a guy who performed at a level that was mind-boggling. As I bring Tennessee Suave in here, followed by TriStar via Twitter Spaces. Suave, welcome in. Hey, Tony. Love the show, man. Um, love your balance and uh, honest approach to things. Uh, love tuning in. My question is, um, with everything going on with this running clock rule, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I kind of see it being, especially for teams like Tennessee, a double-edged sword. If we can, you know, Josh Heupel's kind of that guy, that offensive guy that's going to script things at the beginning of games or at the beginning of drives, stuff like that. Yep. You know, obviously we want to get out ahead of people. Um, that's just kind of, you know, how we work and operate. So with that apparatus, um, whatever you want to call it, in, 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 in thought, I see it being a double-edged sword, and I want to get your thoughts on it. If we get out ahead of teams, I see it being a major, major nail in the coffin advantage for us. Exactly. Whereas if we don't and we get behind a team that can, you know, kind of ground and pound it more, that could really separate the game and just kind of put it out of play just because maybe we don't have enough time. Could, could I get your, your opinion on that? And, and I appreciate it, man. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. I, I think that's a really good, solid read on that. The question then becomes, how many teams on your schedule are capable of doing that to you? And, you know, depending on your answer, look, we already know Florida with Graham Mertz, that's going to be their formula. Let's take advantage of these new clock rules. 
we're going to speed the game up. Look, I think we, I think most of us would agree that baseball games got too long and needed what they did. It changed the game a little bit. There have been some veteran pitchers, if you really follow the sport, Aaron Noll is one of them, who have not been able to adjust appropriately to the speed of the game. And guys, you know, veteran guys. And some of these hitters got so used to kind of controlling the tempo, so to speak, step out in between every pitch. You know, it's just been a – it's created a better game. I think, Bino, the rules could at times – could hurt a team like Tennessee, but could help a team like Tennessee as well. I think that's a proper read on that. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Tony, I, I don't know – I don't know how much the clock is going to have – to do with obviously, if a team can stay out there, it's going to limit Tennessee's possessions. But it was going to limit Tennessee's possessions under the old clock rules too. I think it just—it's just a matter of can you keep Tennessee's offense off the field regardless of what the clock is? Can you limit possessions regardless of what the clock is? Uh, I, I, I think. It probably will be advantage Tennessee more than it's disadvantage Tennessee. And by the way, for the uninitiated, what uh, Swa was talking about there is the clock is going to continue to run after an offense gains a first down, except inside two minutes of a half, before they would spot the ball uh, and the clock would stop. So now... And what they would do is, under the old rule, you gain a first down, clock restarted when the offense was rewarded a first down. Now what you've got is the clock's just going to keep running. And they had to do it because the way the offenses are played now in in major college football, the games were turning into four, four four-and-a-half-hour games, and they were bleeding in the windows. So you would think, hey, they did this as a way to improve the sport. No, they actually did this as a way to get games out of windows so they can get the next game started on time. That's really why, I mean, if we're going to be honest about it, that's why they did it. It's all about television. So it's not about your fan experience. It's not about making the game cleaner. You guys will agree with me, right? That's why they did it. They did it because these games were bleeding over in other windows. So. Yes, it's all about fitting it in it. In a TV time frame. And by the when, way, when, yeah, go ahead, Brian. The player runs out of bounds. They're still going to stop the clock temporarily, and then they're going to restart it when they do, like they were doing, right? That's correct. That's my understanding, yes. But they're trying to shorten games, and and, and I think it's good. Look, last year's game went three hours and 21 minutes per game on average, and our games are certainly uh, another thing they're not allowing you to do this year, if you've got three timeouts in your pocket, you can't do the consecutive timeout deal to ice a kicker, which, again, I think is a, a good rule. I think once is enough. So uh, the other thing that they're not going to do is they're not going to extend quarters. So first and third quarter will not be extended by an untimed down if a quarter ends on a defensive penalty. In that case, the down will be clocked in the next quarter. The running clock rule, again, 
Uh, first down, except if you get inside a two-minute deal, uh, your clock stops. And and I think all three of those are improvements. Let's go back to the phones. And you know what? I'll say this. I was kind of skeptical about what Major League Baseball did because I'm a traditionalist. I think they improved the game. I think the bigger base improved the game, which, look, players are bigger than they were 125 years ago when they first put a base out there. You go with me being, I think they've made the game better. I, I went to a game last Friday night, the, Eagle, the uh, Eagles. The Phillies lost. But I had a really good time watching a solid, clean, concise baseball game that was about two hours and 25 minutes with some decent scoring in it. Tony, I don't think they've removed a thing from the game that truly matters to the game. Uh, all they removed was a bunch of wasted time. Now, I, I will say this. I think that when you get to the postseason, yes. say in the last three innings, yes. that you should up that pitch clock a little bit. When, when every pitch and every at-bat is, is much more important, uh, I, especially late in those games, I would hate to see someone – get struck out uh, in a big spot because they were one second late getting in the box. The bigger the pitch, the bigger the at-bat, the, the more time you should not – a tremendous amount of time, but say in the last three innings, add five seconds. Well, you know, another thing is – Not bad idea. postseason games, we're having to go – kids can't stay up late and watch these things, so they have to get that under control where they can start games earlier and have them over by – by 11 o'clock p.m. by bedtime. Well, back to the phones we go. Again, I think college football needed to. People would say to me, and Matt Dixon's one of them, he'll be in here, Why you really get 13? Uh, Matt, I don't want him to last a week. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back to the phones we go. Let's get TriStar in here. He's up next with us. Welcome in. There we go. All right. What's, what's going on, Tony? What's up, brother? I don't know much driving through Wyoming right now. Where in Wyoming are you? Laramie, home of the University of Wyoming. That could be God's country, U.S. of A. That's some beautiful, beautiful If you call wide open there. land with no trees, beautiful. Bino, do you like the big sky country up there? Uh, in, in, in driving to Montana a couple of times, Tony, parts of Wyoming are absolutely beautiful. Montana's beautiful, you know. South Dakota and some of those are uh, parts of it's about ugly, but uh, yeah. most of it out there I really like. Like a friend of mine told me, yeah, he, said, he said, if you like wind farms, Boise, Idaho, and those spots are for you. If, you, if you're into wind farms, those have never been, you got to see it to believe it. Wind me farms as far as the eyes can see. Give me the, give me the ugly of that. Uh, any, over most other things. Well, Brian, you're yeah. like, uh, you know, you don't like people. I'll take all of it. Interesting. Now, I will say, though, if you want to get away from, you know, people, Wyoming and Montana are the perfect yeah, places. Telling you. Because Brian doesn't like, like callers, and he doesn't like people. So well, continue. there's uh, places out there. There's little roads out here uh, you, where you're 50 miles about. from a gas station. 
I know, right? I'd imagine on your uh, on your deal, it's like you better when you get in one of those deals, you better make sure you're fueled up when you go in one of those states because it's not like oh you, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you guys all know that too. But um, anyways, back to the topic at hand about I guess looking into this season. My prediction has been, and Suave and everybody else in here comes in my Twitter space all the time can pack me up on this. My prediction has been eleven and one with lost Georgia. The, the reason I think we can go down to Tuscaloosa and win is I just think Alabama's not going to have the offense, and I don't think their defense take this takes this uh, big massive step forward like people are saying because they've got questions in their front seven. I think their secondary is going to be a little better. Caleb Downs is a stud, and they do, they do have arguably the best corner in the country in Kool-Aid McKinstry, but overall defense maybe takes a slight step forward, but they don't have the receivers like they did five years ago. They don't have the quarterback play. They're going to try to go back to murder ball like they did 10 years ago where they just run the ball really heavy, which plays into Tennessee's hands yep. because Tennessee's going to have a great front seven, I believe. You know, secondary is still kind of a question, but I'm very confident in my front seven to stop the run. And that's something you don't want to do on Tennessee. Kentucky tried that last year, and we beat them 44-6. to So you think Tennessee's rolling, uh, Alabama, the way you're talking? No, I don't think we're going to like, beat them 45 to nothing. No, I think it's a closer game. But what Alabama's going to try to do, they're going to, I'm saying they're going to try that kind of game plan. They're going to try to play keep away, time of possession, run the ball, that kind of thing on Tennessee, and that just does not work. Well... I mean, it could work if you move the ball, but if your scenario is correct and you're getting them off the field, you're going to get blown out if you're them and you attempt to play Tennessee that way, which is also the way that uh, Florida is going to attempt to play. We know Florida is going to do that. We suspect Alabama might do that. I, I think when it comes to that Florida game, I think Tennessee fans and Georgia fans should place a bet on who beats them worse. Ah, boy, that's a really good one. I don't know that... Because uh, I think that... I'm sorry, I think Florida's going to be horrible this year. I don't expect their defense to be that good. Their their offense is literally two running backs. You know, Trevor Etienne and uh, whoever the other running back is, uh, Montreal Johnson. They're great running backs. But against Tennessee, you have to be able to take the top off. And if you're just going to sit there and just try to do 80% run game a la Iowa... I got too many. Hey, I got too many. I got too much tread on my wheels to think that Graham Mertz isn't going to drop back and find people wide open in our porous secondary. Bino, I'm already preparing myself for that, and I'm sorry. I don't think Florida's going to beat Tennessee, but I, I think that's going to be very difficult to win there. I, I think we go down there and beat them by three touchdowns. Well, I'm, you must have missed the history lesson. Because oh, you know, must have missed me, history I, class. I grew up all, all I, I get it. But I think this is a year of change. I think this is a year they want to go down there and set the narrative like, hey, we're not afraid of Florida. We're going to go down there and beat the bejesus out of them 50 to 10 or whatever. Well, I think I think he's going to try to drop 60 on them. Oh, there's no question. Now, he's not going to have mercy on those guys if he gets an opportunity because you have to recruit against them. Plus... We don't know. And look at how the game went last year. We were up by 17, and he kind of took the foot off the gas and almost came back. Well, TriStar, you're my man. You have a great, safe trip. Great talking to you. 
and uh, be safe out there on the highways and byways. I got to get a brief to in here, and then we'll come back on the other side. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Your Monday edition continues right after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM one hundred one point seven FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. <laughs> the Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to create the best event of the season, the annual Kiwanis Chili Cook-Off and the new Main Street event, Fall Fest on the Square. This will be held September 30th, 3 to 7 p.m., downtown Columbia. There will be music, food trucks, vendors, and entertainment by the renowned Journey Band, Majestic. For more information, visit the Kiwanis of Columbia Facebook page and click the Events tab or go to www.visitcolumbia.com. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. From the you can't leave a tender moment alone in the society we're in in 2023 and things are never as they appear department comes uh, the following snooze, snoot, and snugget as reported on uh, by ESPN. And that is... Former NFL player Michael Orr, subject of The Blind Side, which is one of the great feel-good movies of all time. I I don't know, was that a Disney movie? It was Disney movie-esque. Anyway, Michael Orr, subject of The Blind Side, petitioned the court on Monday with allegations that Sean and Leanne Tui never adopted him. Instead, he says, they tricked him into signing a document making them his conservators and enriching themselves. So, Bino, the sequel is going to be blindsided <laughs> on the Lifetime Network. I mean, wow. so, Bino, we've got f- about 45 seconds. I'll tell you what, in our uh, TLD logistics overdrive, overtime, Bino's going to give his how he would craft his letter grades. And for those of you that miss it, you can see it in the blog tomorrow at tclub.team because I'm going to include that as part of our offering tomorrow. But the Michael Orr thing, that is uh, so 2023 that it's just not even funny. The calls on hold stay there. We'll get to you. We're going to do a TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. I want to thank uh, our sponsors for presenting us today. I want to thank... This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and Chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. 
This is Al Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I'm at Foodland. It's such a great place, folks. Uh, everything you could ever want from a grocery store, the best meat department in Murray County. I'm speaking with Miles Johnson. Miles, uh, your new circulars have just come out. Not one, but two sales in the upcoming week. Tell us about it. All right, well, we have two sales, like you said. We have one that runs all week, which includes ribeye steaks for $6.99 a pound, seedless watermelons, $4.99 each, green cabbage, $0.49 cents a pound, and Coca-Cola six-packs, three for 12. We also have a three-day ad that starts today and runs until Saturday the 12th. That includes daily bacon, 40-ounce uh, stacks, $9.99 each, two-pound snow crab legs, $13.99, and avocados, $0.99 cents each. Wow, that's amazing. And, Miles, I just bought me one of those tasty ribeyes, and we're going to take it home and cook it tonight. Have a great week here at Foodland, Miles. All right, thank you. You too. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.